0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly Solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and white-tailed deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products to save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can find them at spartanforge.ai. And basically what this is, is this is artificial intelligence for the deer woods. The farmer's almanac on steroids with data, billions of data points to back it up. Those data points are ever growing by pro staff in the field like Garrett Prawl, Taylor Chamberlain, Andy May, as well as car deer studies, social media, collar deer studies all over the region from Florida, Maine, all the way out into the Midwest and Iowa. Um, 60 to 75% accurate Spartan Forge is taking all this information and giving you the best odds to get on those deer. So you can check them out at SpartanForge.com. You can use code bowhunter to get 25% off. And as there's more data points, as there's more things, as the app is being built and moved over to uh, your mobile devices, that causes more storage. More storage costs more money. So the sooner you get locked in at your price, that price will stay for as long as you are a patron of Spartan Forge. So again, Spartan Forge. Check them out. SpartanForge.ai. Super cool stuff. Um, no new patrons in the last couple of weeks. So um, just an update on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding for creators. Um, It helps us to do uh, things like we're doing here at the Total Archery Challenge, putting on our our cookout. Um, You know, we're trying to meet up with as many people. We're headed up there. Going to be doing the same thing uh, at the uh, Total Archery Challenge in Michigan. Um, Helps us to buy gear, uh, things to do reviews on, things to give away. Uh, You know, we're constantly trying to give back. Um, For all of you that did order shirts. Uh, I just picked up all the shirts today. So your orders will be in. Uh, We do have some extra shirts. That's an option for uh, one of the benefits of uh, becoming a Patreon, also. Uh, But basically, like I said, it's just a donation to the show to help us, you know, pay for our time, all the time away from family, all this other stuff. Um, Starts out at like 17 cents a day. I mean, 17 cents, cents—you throw that away, right? You know, that really, really does help us out. And to give back, we have giveaways from our partners, um, You know, things where uh, the companies that we're working with want to give back. Uh, I'll be doing the giveaway for this last quarter. Um, that one will be coming up on Monday, so we'll go live on Instagram on Monday and uh, knock out those giveaways for you. Uh, this quarter, um, Tacticam is giving away a fisheye package. And so their fisheyes are... Super cool. It's, you know, submersible Tacticam um, doesn't take any sort of different case and everything's waterproof and it's wireless. It has loop mode. And honestly, I think this is going to be the Tacticam solo killer. It's right about the same price point, but it has a wide option. So prior to this, you could have that 4k wide. Um, that was your only option for a wireless wide angle camera. All the other Tacticams have some form of zoom. So for that true POV view or um, anything like that, uh, it just wasn't an option. And the Solo, you can turn it on with a Wi-Fi with your phone, uh, but these Tacticam, the, the Fish eyes also use the remote. So these are super cool. Tacticam is giving away uh, a fisheye package this quarter. We have purchased or We've, we've got our order in. So with all this hunting stuff, uh, you know how all that goes. Um, but we've got our order in from one of Dan Infall's B stands. So we're going to be giving away one of those. It's like a $625 stand. Um, so we're just waiting on that and uh, we'll be giving that away this time as well. Uh, base map. So we love base map over here. I mean, just the value alone is incredible. You know, $30 for the entire country for the entire year, Uh, which on most of the other ones, that'll only get you one state. And uh, the amount of layers, all of those different things over the summer, they've got um, lakes and rivers, depths, um, you know, on most of the inland lakes. We're here in Michigan, so um, I haven't been on a lake yet where it didn't give me the depth. And I think that's incredibly valuable. And then if you use code chronicles, you got to go online to basemap.com. You can save 20% on that, so it ends up being $24 a month or excuse me, $24 for the entire year. That's $2 a month. Uh, but Basemap gives away one of their um, you know, nationwide pro packages. And one of the things that we haven't talked about that much is they do weekly giveaways as well. So you can go on to Basemap, even on the free version, and uh, learn how to use the map, get familiar with the features of it. And have a chance to win, you know, incredible prizes like you know a couple thousand dollars worth of prizes every week, uh, some weeks. So uh, you should definitely check it out if you haven't even looked at Base Map. Um, definitely check them out. Spartan Forge—they're giving away um, a year subscription, and like I say, their app is due out in July, end of August. Um, but they're, you know. Continually improving, improving, improving. So um, that's getting better every month, every week. Um, some great things going on over there. And both base map and um, Spartan Forge are giving away um, swag packs, so hat, shirt, that whole thing. Um, and then Zinger Fletchings. So Zinger Fletchings, those guys have reached out to us. I've got some of their older um, Fletchings. And actually, um, the end of this week, April 8th, uh, they're releasing their new fletchings. I've already got some of those. And if you've seen the original Zinger fletches that are 3D printed, they're a little bit stiffer. These are just like a normal fletch, flexible like you would expect. But, um, you know, for guys that aren't into building their arrows or, you know, for a trip that you want to um, have some extra. You know, if you mess up some fletchings or, you know, something happens, um, as inevitably it does, you can just throw a couple of those on there. They're just compression fit for your arrows and, um, you know, a really, really cool product. And they're a different shape to be a little bit quieter. Um, so they're giving away some of those as well. Um, and you can check all of that out at patreon.com forward slash Bowen Chronicles podcast if you want to be a part of that. Um, we've got a uh, Marco Polo group that we set up for our patrons and it's really cool. I think I've, I've realized that it's more like a, um, the old school, uh, hunting forum. So somebody asks a question and then without just the way that social media goes, everybody's, a a, a hero and they know everything. Um, you know, it's a way to actually get information uh, amongst a gr- good group of people that are all have the same motive and they're not, it's not a pissing contest. So uh, that's one of the cooler things that have come out of our, our, our Patreon is building that community. Um, so, like I say, you know, if you guys can help out, that would be great. Um, you can go to the website, Born Chronicles Podcast, and click on the Patreon tab on Instagram right up at the top underneath our bow giveaway. So we are giving away a bow. We're giving away a Bowtech carbon Zion that's coming right out of our own pockets. Um, you know, obviously with help from the, the Patreons, you know, the, you know like I said, uh, that funds this show. So um, we're getting that bow from Johnson's great outdoors. Mitch is helping us out on the pricing of that. It's got a HHA tetra site on it. Uh, Chris over at HHA uh, donated one of the single pin, uh, high-end sites. I mean, it's the one that he recommended. It's a great site um, as well as the rest. And we're still working out a deal for, for some uh, stabilizers on I mean, this bow is going to be incredibly set up, you know, over a thousand dollars worth of money, you know, spent on this bow. And all you got to do is sign up to win on our Instagram. You just go to the top, click on the link, sign up. That's it. You don't have to be a patron. You don't have to do anything. So uh, we're giving that away to say thank you for everything that, um, you know, for supporting the show, uh, just for listening. (laughs) So, uh, but this week's podcast is TJ Jordan. TJ is, um, I believe he's killed uh, 26 or 27 states. Um, He's actually hunting uh, out West right now. Um, On spring break, he's taking his eight-year-old son out there. Um, He was chasing the Super Slam, but uh, now that he's got a kid that's uh, hunting, um, he's focused more on getting his kid to to kill some turkeys. Um, But he is a champion uh, friction caller. Uh, He calls for Matt Van Sice, and uh, he has his own company, Dirt Nap Game Calls. And we talk about turkey tactics, um, calling, and maybe a little bit of, you know, lots of things that I wasn't aware of or things that I didn't do in my calling. Uh, So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast. And as always, you know, thank you for listening. Tell somebody about the show tell them that we suck and you got to listen to these guys because they don't know what they're talking about. Or maybe there's something that you've got out of the episode that you say, Hey, this might help you because you're a terrible Turkey caller. Um, you know, all of those, you know, things that we do with our, with our friends when we, we we're trying to get them to listen to something. Um, but we really do appreciate everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode. Alright everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Um shifting gears a little bit as we move towards turkey season. Um we're gonna talk a little bit about turkey calling. We didn't bring on Uncle Frank because he can get a little little sideways here and there. So uh but we do have a guest on here, uh TJ Jordan. Um and, and we'll let we'll let TJ kind of introduce himself because uh real humble guy and doesn't you know he, he's he got a company and all this stuff doesn't want to talk about that wants to talk about turkey hunting and and we want to know how to how to call turkeys so uh how are you doing tonight tj
1: well i'm doing great thanks uh adam and john for having me on i, I appreciate it
0: and so this is his first podcast so we're going to try and you know make make it as easy and seamless as possible i told him i said if you like talking about hunting and talking about turkeys this should be an easy podcast (laughs) so yes sir so so what's your story how did you get into uh like hunting and you know where are you located um you know all of that fun stuff
1: yeah so i'm located uh in, in upstate new york i mean you know not to be associated with new york city but i'm uh I'm about 30 minutes from the Adirondack mountains. So I'm, I'm pretty, you know, pretty hilly country, you know, mountainous train, nothing crazy, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful country. I mean, it's, it's upstate New York's finest. Um, I'm 39 years old now. I'm a, I'm a sixth grade math teacher. And I guess I got into hunting when I was, when I was 12 years old. I, my dad took me out my first turkey hunt, my brother and I, and, uh, it was just, you know, we just went out in the woods and, dad said i'll sit down here with your brother and you, you go up on there and see if there's any turkeys and i couldn't believe it man i mean it was a fall time of the year and there was a flock of about 40 turkeys 40 hen turkeys hens and mixed flock of hens and jakes and uh they were they were roosted right above me and i had a new england firearms 20 gauge with probably like a you know like clay target sh- size shot seven and a half or something that you shouldn't have at 12 years old and I remember I had to get on my knees and crawl to this long grass to get a shot at these turkeys. And I shot this Turkey rolled over, got up and flew away. And I was just, from that point on, I've been, you know, I've been hooked. My dad's, my dad's not a hunter. He's a Vietnam veteran. So he's, he's, he's not a big time, time hunter, but he, uh, he definitely introduced me to the outdoors. And, you know, I take, I take him out, you know, every spring and he goes on a Turkey hunt and we can't, we can't walk very far. It's probably one of my toughest, toughest hunts of the year but it's it's definitely my most most enjoyable so i got my start you know with, with my dad getting me turkey hunting and then from there it's kind of been you know generation at 39 years old it's been books and dvds and reading things i mean youtube wasn't a thing when i was really coming through the turkey world so it's it's kind of like you know the best lessons the failures and all the failures you kind of put together and string it string it all together so i've kind of been a you know, a homemade turkey hunter, I, I would call it. So are you, so do you hunt any other species or just turkeys? I do, John. I hunt, um, I hunt deer. I'm an avid white tailed deer hunter. Um, I, I love, you know, I love deer hunting. Um, I, uh, I actually hunt deer on some of the finest property in Washington County. My, my cousin has a quality deer management and, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a managed piece and it's just it's phenomenal hunting i mean i can't you know it's 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 unbelievable so i hunt hunt deer i hunt coyotes um i enjoy waterfall hunting too um i've really just gotten into the last couple years the predator thing um just to give me something to do through the winter months um but that's that's incredibly hard in in new york i mean there's not a ton of predators and it's really hard to call you know call them in and i'm using night you know night vision and things of that nature but yeah, so I I hunt almost anything and everything that I can try, but I am an avid deer, turkey, and
0: I would say predator hunter. Awesome. So, what's yeah. the the turkey population or whatever like in in New York? I don't think of that as a a turkey state. And so, like John here, like I I didn't grow up turkey hunting. I only since I got John is my my wife's cousin, um, and so okay. um, only since I've been in this family have. I ever turkey hunted, but like John, like what was the turkey climate like when you were growing up? Cause Michigan didn't have a season for a long time.
2: Right. So I, well, I mean, it started out, I was shoot, you know, in my teens and you know, Frank, uncle Frank, my dad, they turkey hunted, But back then it was, you're, you're lucky to get a tag. I mean, there was very few turkeys and we had to go north of here. Like there was no turkeys around our house and stuff like that. So we had to go up north, put in for the draw and, you know, I think it was maybe every other year, every two years we'd get a tag, you know, like someone in the group would get a tag every year, but not all of us. And if we did, it was like a real, you know, we got, we lucked out, but they're just, you won the lottery. Exactly. But, uh, you know, we, there wasn't a lot of people that, you know, it was just kind of like our own little niche. Like there wasn't a lot of people that are turkey on it, but now it's changed. I mean, now there's, (laughs) Holy crap. There's flocks everywhere. You got, I mean, our my our, one of our good friends uh, just hit a, hit a flock of turkeys with her car, with Really? Her, with her boy fiance's car, and told out his Audi.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is my wife just my wife just got her car repaired because she hit a turkey, and I told her that uh, uh, you know last December, but we just got it repaired now. Um, but she hit a turkey on the way home from work, and I was like, "That's paying us back for all the turkeys that I've shot." <laughs> Some karma. So, yeah, it's definitely some karma. <laughs> Maybe it's
2: you
0: haven't killed enough, you know, you got to just knock that <laughs>
1: That's it. That that could be it. You can never kill enough of them. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, so what's the turkey hunting like in 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 New York? Cuz like I said, I don't I don't really think of that as like a turkey hunting destination.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I would say you're right. I mean I mean Michigan is is definitely a well-managed state for turkey hunting. Um you guys have seen to do everything, you know, population-wise that that's incredibly uh, you know awesome new york state you know is it, it's so big and so vast and just so different like you know like for where i live it's you know you know hilly terrain mountainous you know type of stuff as, as you go further north and then in the western part it's more it's more flatland you know it's it's more like midwest hunting um but believe it or not you know it depends on where you are in new york so like central new york um parts of central new york parts of like you know uh, east far eastern New york uh northern New York up near Plattsburgh in those areas downstate, um those areas are are just absolutely booming with turkey turkey numbers um you can shoot you can shoot two turkeys uh in the spring two males or two males in the spring, and then you can shoot uh one female in the fall now uh they changed they change that regulation it used to be two and two um so- you know so it's booming, but there are parts of New York state. That where the population is really is really hurting you know some they say that some parts out in western new york state are, are the population density is really is really affected i mean it's really low i have not seen that in my area um you know but uh overall it's a it's an incredible state to turkey hunt you know a non-resident tag is just over 100 bucks i mean it might be 125 bucks to kill two turkeys and you can you know you can hunt spring and fall so it's a you know, it's a pretty good place to draw a tag and, and get a tag in, in a turkey hunt.
0: Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about about calling. So, so we're, we're we've got you on here to talk about about calling. So, so why would you say that is? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I am a turkey
1: hunter. I am I am second nature turkey caller. Um, I guess what what happened was I just started turkey calling and i want to do something outside with turkeys other than just turkey season i kind of want to extend the turkey brotherhood um so i went to a contest in in massachusetts and obviously you know met some met some awesome people and 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 really got my feet wet like you know i was i was ripping on a box call my first contest the guys were looking at me like what is this guy doing i mean you know this is a mouth call contest and you know, uh, I think it was I was like the laughing stock, like the first contest, and it's really been relatively new for me. I'd probably say, you know, within the past seven years, I've I've really started to call in contest world. Um, so I I jumped in as you know you can jump in at different le- levels. I jumped in as a hunter, a hunter class, didn't do anything in my first contest. Went to New York, um, and I actually won a, a hunter division. And once you win a division. You kind of have to move out of that division so once you win 100 100 class division you would have to move into you know like an like an open division so an open would, would mean um mouth call or friction um any anything you want to bring to the table you can call with it's an it's an open class and that's where generally the best of the best will call in. um once you get to that class there's really nowhere to go from there um you know, but everybody really starts in the hunter division. If you were just to get into it, you know what I mean. It's and uh, then you would then you would bounce your way up. Um, but if you don't, you know, if you don't win those, you can you can you can stay in the hunter v- division and 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 call there. But uh, you know, I've met some of my best buddies in, in turkey calling. Um, you know, last year I qualified for grand nationals. I was going to go down and call on the big stage for friction calls. Um, down in nash nashville tennessee at the gaylord opryland hotel um at the nwtf national convention COVID hit it was actually the first year i qualified um my buddy phil sozano we had a memorial turkey calling championship for him in vermont um and i actually ended up winning that friction contest which qualified me to to call in nashville at the big stage um so it's just something to do i enjoy it it keeps me fresh on my calls You know i really enjoy friction calls to be dead honest with both of you i sucked at mouth calling (laughs) so i said to myself what am i going to do like i go to the store and i buy a mouth call and i pick anyone off the shelf and it just none of them really work for me so then i was like all right well what's the only way to get good is just to just to buy my own press i got to start making my own i got to figure this stuff out so I, you know, I bought a jig, I bought a, you know, I bought a uh, mouth call jig and I bought some press and I bought some latex and some frames. And I'm like, I'm gonna start making some mouth calls and, you know, just talking to people on, I filled up garbage bags of mouth calls by just trial and error. Oh, not right, didn't sound right. Throw it out, too tight, too loose. You know, and I take notes on everything. Um, and then finally I got, got something to work and I'm like, all right, well, maybe I should you know start a calling company and and sell some of these things to pay for some of my bad habits like you know like turkey hunting <laughs> you know traveling the country buying turkey calls and all you know buying hunting stuff um so that's kind of where it really blended into it um <clears throat> you know and and from there it was just about turkey you know calling just being the best i can be you know what i mean like to me being to be me at being okay was was all right but i really wanted to be you know, I want. I really wanted to sound like a wild turkey, the best that I thought I could sound like a wild turkey. You know, not just okay, that that will kill a turkey. Like I want it to be a wild turkey. You know what I mean? Like I want to make that turkey. When guys are saying that, you know, why aren't those birds gobbling? You know, I want to be the guy that makes that turkey gobble. Like, why did that turkey gobble to you? Why did he gobble that call? You know, what are you doing? So those are those are the reasons why I guess I I really became passionate about sounds of the wild turkey.
0: I got to think, like, from this standpoint, and, like, John can probably back me up here, but, like, the first thing that's coming to my mind is your wife has to be, like, a saint because... Or deaf. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Well, Adam, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it's not only that. It's just, it's a passion for me. Like, so I'm part of the NWTF, so it's like turkey, 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 turkey for crying out loud I have real grand turkeys as pets in my backyard (laughs) so she's even opened up to the you know holy Christ we got you know pet turkeys you know in our backyard and 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 it's only because I want to hear them 24 7 you know when I want to hear a gobble I grab a call I go to the door and I rip on it and I listen to them gobble and I hear the hen cut up and yelp and just all sorts of crazy stuff so my wife Marcy she is an absolute saint. You know, I don't, I don't know how she deals with it. She listens to me play a turkey call every day of her existence. Is She hears me play something. Um, but that's what, that's what we do. I mean, that's what, you know, diehard turkey hunters, that's what they do. They have a turkey call by them 24-7. And at some point in time, that turkey call is going to get played.
2: <laughs> and you already answered my question. I was going to say, so, you know, how do you, you know, learn uh, how do you you know communicate with these turkeys but obviously you just answered said you got turkeys in your own backyard so i mean obviously yeah and
1: and that's a thing like you know i mean you know johnny think about it like everybody's like how can i get better how can i get better you know i, I used to record myself a lot like you know just audio voice recording i'd send them to, you know the top turkey callers of, you know the country like you know matt van Sice or you know brett Ledoux or you know guys that are that know turkey when they hear turkey and I would send my sound files to those guys, and and obviously, you know, sometimes you get crickets. Like, man, you're thinking, dang, that sucked. And then and then maybe you'll get like from Sandler McGraw, oh, that's 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 better. Uh, you're getting it, you know what I mean? And then and then you listen to yourself, and you're like, God, that is not. I wanted to sound like Jesse Martin when I rapped on that call, and that that sounds like just absolute garbage. So then I was like, all right, you know, what, if I get some turkeys, I can. I can listen to their cadence and their tones and things of that nature that you know I'm I'm hearing on some audio tapes that I play on the way to work because I have an hour commute every day and uh you know just try to be the most realistic that I can get um you know cuz like I said it is it is an absolute obsession um so that's that's what I really would try to do is just you know get people feedback listen to audio um try to try to be like a wild turkey
0: so- which is crazy so, so for a guy, like, you know, uh, my deal here is like the world's worst bow hunter. I I could probably legitimately be, well, actually I would say that I'm not the world's worst elk caller because I've been watching the hunt wars and they just pulled these yeah. guys out of Alabama and stuff. And they're just, and I'm like, I'm better than that, man. I've, I'm, I'm better than that. But, and I'm okay. I like when you talk friction calls, like I like, uh a slate call. Like I've got yes, a couple that I just go to like <clears throat> box call. I just I, I just, I hate the sound of it. I just it clicks like when I, I don't have no technique. Um, but we've got a lot of guys that are, you know, trying to learn Turkey hunting, maybe ha- didn't grow up Turkey hunting or kind of moving towards it. Um, so where should guys start out? Like when they're, they're Turkey calling, I mean, huh, ha- when guys ask you what to do, like I mean I, th- I and in this I didn't learn turkey hunting from my dad so I think of my dad out there just with this box call just
2: wop 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 I push button yelper <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> huh.
1: yes the old push button yeah you attach it to your barrel or your gun you got a little string and you just you just yank on it <laughs> <laughs> you know oh. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, honestly, Adam, yeah, yeah, when I try to tell guys, like, I, I mean, I can we can, this podcast could go on for hours if we we want to talk about this stuff. You know, what I mean, this is stuff that I enjoy talking about. to people I just had a conversation. A guy reached out to me about this exact same question the other day. Listen, I want to get in turkey hunting. You know, um, I don't really have any private land, and what do I need? What do I do? How do how do I get into this? What do what do I have to do? So I guess you really need to figure out you know i guess what what i would tell people is no matter what you do you're not gonna to me like a guy you know like i think the biggest question i get is w- what do i not do you know what i mean like i don't think there's anything you can do i think if you call to a turkey like you know guys are like oh did i overcall did i undercall could i have done this differently i honestly think that you know sometimes like you know, it doesn't matter really what you do to that turkey. It's not going to, it's not going to screw up your hunt. It's going to be more of your setup. Did that turkey want to go there? Um, generally, when a turkey comes in, no matter what you sound like or what you call like, when he's ready to come, he's going to come. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just maybe I have a different approach than people. You know, we'll get into kind of my strategies and what I would do, but I would say like, if you were to go in the woods, get yourself a box call, something that you can easily run, a push button call, you know, a mouth call, something that you can be hand free with, you know, maybe something to strike them at a distance, you know, like a box call, and then a mouth call to finish something off. Um, but you know, I, I would say just be more of an observer than, than uh, you know, than a caller at that point in time. When you get used to things and, and things are going your way, you can you can call. I mean, I got a buddy, my best buddy that I travel with. He's a he's a he's one of the best friction call callers in the world, Brett Ledoux. Um, he calls a ton, and I don't even call a quarter what he calls. And I'm like, Brett, we probably could have killed that turkey if you didn't call. <laughs> you know, um, so we'll we'll go back and forth. But I, I personally say a box call. Get a box call, get a mouth call, and just be an observer just be you know work on setup and um how to move on a turkey and 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 know when to move on a turkey and you know when not to when to and you know how to maneuver on a turkey and I think those things are more important than actually calling to a to a wild turkey
0: all right so the the listener he's driving along in this truck right now, and he's saying what the hell, man? How do I figure that out? Like, how (laughs) do I know when to do it? Like, (laughs) so, so like, I guess what tips would you have? Like I say, like starting out as a, as a caller, like if they don't know when to call or they don't, you know, like they just, you got a guy that says, you know, I want to get out more. I got some public land around me. It's got turkeys. Um, I didn't grow up turkey hunting. I don't really have a mentor. I'm just going to go and make some noise out there, you know, make fire, make that box call start to smoke. <laughs> then you're going to hammer and bend that screw on that box
1: call. Uh, you know, what I would say, what I would say is, is what I would do a typical hunt situation is, you know, I'm going to get somewhere where I can, where I can, you know, you, you guys probably hear, heard this a thousand times, but I'm going to get somewhere where I can maneuver on a turkey, Especially a public land gobbler, I'm going to look at you know where that turkey is. I'm going to say if I'm on public land, I'm going to try to get to an area where you know every time Dick, Harry, and Fred have not come in at that turkey. Um, so if there's an easy access, a parking spot where everybody is walking in at that turkey day after day after day, I'm going to probably look for something that's that's going to get around, come in at a different angle, get to where you know just something different than that turkey's used to every single day. Um and then once I'm in there and that turkey is gobbling in the tree and I you know, this is not roosting a turkey the night before. This is just this is just driving down the road in the morning and I hear that turkey gobble, you know, um and, and now I'm I'm putting a game plan together how I'm gonna kill that turkey. So I would come in approach differently than everybody else, going going in at a different angle, and then what I would do is I would try to get to as close close to that turkey as possible. And I'm and I'm a guy now. When it comes to getting close, I'm talking. I, I want to get close. <laughs> um, you know, it depends. Now, if it's late in the year, there's a lot of leaves in the trees. I'm gonna get close to that turkey. If there's not, a, you know, if it's early in the spring, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get close. But you got to be careful because you don't. You you know, there's no. There's nothing to cover you. Um, and then once I'm in there, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit down. And I'm probably gonna listen to what's going on in the woods. I'm not gonna get after that call right away. I'm not gonna call at all, to be honest. Probably more than likely not. I might scratch in the leaves a little bit and until that turkey hits the ground. I may tree yelp a little bit, but I'm really not gonna get after that turkey at all until he hits the ground. And then once he gets the ground, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get an idea of what's going on with the hens, where are things located, and then I might try to get after him with that box call. I might call to him. And then I'm trying to just kind of evaluate the situation, like, okay, I'm calling, he's gobbling to me, or the hens are yelping back to me. I have some sort of interaction. Um, is he getting closer to me? Is he working away from me? Is he working left? Is he working right? Where is he going? And then from that point, I'm I'm really reading that turkey's gobble. So, if I call and he gobbles, he gobbles to me, and he's not coming right he he definitely he just he's just playing mother nature he wants me to go he wants me to go to him right so we're trying to reverse that whole role we're not trying to you know we're trying to get we're trying to get him to come to us which is totally against mother nature but it obviously happens all the time so at that point if i'm calling that turkey and he's gobbling back to me every single time it's like all right we're playing a game and, and we've all been there like john and adam you probably call that turkey just stands out there hammer right so you call he gobbles you call he gobbles right well you know I'd like to say like maybe I would shut up for a minute and see what happens and then let him gobble on his own because now now he's now he's thinking like all right my girlfriend was over there every time she calls I'm gonna gobble but I'm not getting real close so now I'm just gonna shut up for a minute and I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna see what he does and I'm gonna see if he gobbles and if he gobbles now I know now I got now I kind of got him and I'm going to wait a minute I'm not going to call to him right away when he gobbles and I'm going to see what happens again I'm going to give him I'm going to kind of read that gobble So he gobbles again boom Now I'm going to wait one more time and when he gobbles again I'm going to cut him off And basically what what happened the way I portray that in human nature is like you know Adam and John think about this you go to work one day and your colleague your you know one of your coworkers says Hey Adam, you know, I I really like that shirt on you. It makes your eyes look nice today. Or hey John, you know, I mean uh your 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 mustache is really on point today. It looks good. So what happened is is you just changed that whole conversation. So instead of instead of him giving you a compliment every single time when you called and he gobbles, now he gobbles and you're giving him a compliment. And we all know in the world of, of world men, when <laughs> when men when men get a compliment it's, it's like, weird. damn, I'm going to wear that shirt every day <laughs> and this stash is going to be on point. It's going to be on check. So I, I like to throw that out there and, and really get him excited and, and, and get him thinking about get him thinking about me and, and trying to throw that compliment to him. I'm trying to reverse those roles, you know, um, to get him more excited. And, and hopefully at that point, that might be that breaking point to, you know, get him to come to me. And if it doesn't, you know, then I'm just... I'm just going back to the game plan. Maybe he's still got hands of them. Maybe he's working away. I'm going to try to circle way around him, trying to get ahead of him, I'm always trying to get ahead of the game. Um, so I guess being more of an active listener in the woods, you know, um, the calling part of things isn't really going to, you know, isn't going to screw you up in those situations. You know, situations I hear guys get into all the time is, you know, I sat by the tree, I didn't call like you said, and then I started calling. And then I started calling. Um, and calling and calling and calling and, and the bird just kept going away and I kept moving up on him and he kept moving away from me and I kept going, you know, get, kept going at him. Well, you know, at that point you got to say to yourself, you, you got to circle around that situation and, and, and get to where he wants to be and, and just, and just maybe not call so much at that point in time, um, until you get in a position around him um, and just try to keep closing that gap like a good old chess game. Right. So those, that that? You know, those yeah those are some situations you know some more situational stuff but i i really like to change that role of i like to give the compliment instead of me calling i like to i like to flip that around at some point in the game
2: you ever give them the old like i don't know the slingshot move like like we're doing elk hunting but i know frank used to set up and he would call call and then like yeah that bird's he's not really moving and then he'd go back like 20 30 yards even 40 yards and call a little bit and then that bird would be like, oh now she's walking away i'm come I'm gonna go back over there and check her out you ever...
1: yeah and that works well when you you know when you obviously when you hunt with somebody right because you can have somebody get up and walk you know walk away or you know you you, you know those, those things are awesome get up you know walk a hundred yards away you know call to them and then and then come back you know and then come back in those are those are great situational things to do. Um, when you have a hand up gobbler, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't, I don't know if i like the word really hand up. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if they're really, I don't know. I I don't know if I believe in that philosophy so much. Um, I think every gobbler is definitely killable, you know, um, just based upon situational type stuff. But, uh, yeah, those are, those are all phenomenal tactics of what, you know, what I would, do one on normal turkey
0: on so one of the things you said there is one of the things that i well first of all john and i were chuckling because you know when you said you want to get real close we set up last year like underneath these turkeys like well on accident it wasn't a, i mean <laughs>
2: i i put them to bed the night before and i'm like i told them, i'm like all right i know they're like i was showing them on our base map like they're right over here and then we start walking in and i'm like I flip on my phone and I'm like, "Oh shit, we've walked too far." We're like, "We're close to them." I'm I'm close to where I think they're at. Anyway, it's not like I have seen where they were. And sure enough, we went back a little bit, and they're right above us. <laughs> they're gobbling. <laughs> How'd that make out? <laughs> oh, no, they just flew down, and went the other way. Really? Yeah, the, we didn't spook 'em because they were still gobbling, and they flew down, but they just...
0: But but that's one of the things that I wanted. To th- want to talk about like when you're, when you're saying that, you know, and I think uh, there's, there's a level of patience and like, uh, confidence that you have to have turkey hunting. Um, and especially when you can't see the birds in their, in their goblin. But when you, when you talk about not even calling until they hit the ground, like from that instance, like, those turkeys stayed in the tree a lot longer than I expected them to. And I've, the other spot, we actually where John killed his bird last year and, you know, I've hunted their deer hunted and seen the turkeys in the trees well after date. I mean, like when I would have expected them to be down. Um, and, and so that's an interesting like thing to, to actually understand like at what time do they, they fly down, especially based on temperature and other stuff like that. But I think one of the things that like, everybody gets caught up in and I mean Frank's been killing turkeys a long time and he's he's probably you know the most seasoned and has the has the patience to do it but I feel like everybody that I hunt with and I fall victim to this myself is that you love hearing them gobble so it's like you call they gobble and then you're like oh well, if I just call again they'll gobble again you know
2: and, and you get I think sometimes that's a detriment to it because we seen it right in the video uh, a couple years ago and Adam Adam had a shot at a bird and frank was right behind the tent calling and he couldn't see the actual bird there was another one gobbling like 50 yards past the one that actually came in and so frank's calling calling and this bird comes in quiet and all of a sudden adam's like there he is on the side you know he points him out he's right there on the edge of the field well he come in completely silent
0: other than drumming
2: yeah but uh He's walk across. Well, Frank didn't see him coming. So all of a sudden Frank would start yelping ew, ew, and that bird would stop and he'd start strutting. And otherwise he was oh, okay. just like, he was on a straight walk towards us and then he'd start coming towards us and then Frank would call again, he'd stop and start, you know, strutting and drumming and, uh, he ended up coming into like five yards, but that's a whole nother story. But
1: <laughs> So, I mean, how close, you know, like you said, call, call too much, you know. I have been fortunate in my life, in my in my in my 39 years of existence, to to really hunt with some amazing turkey hunters. You know, guy guys, some super slammers, and you know, guys who have you know shot the super slam, and you know, southern hunters and northern hunters and western hunters. Um, I've really had the experience to hunt with you know a lot of phenomenal turkey hunters. Um, and, and one thing I picked up on this is there's this guy by the name of Clay Johnson, he's a super slammer. He's from Mississippi. Um, he, I was hunting this Turkey one day and it was, I was probably in my twenties and, uh, he came in and he, uh, he killed this Turkey. And I said, Clay, how did you, how did you kill that? How did you know? Like, you know, we set up and I was like, how did you kill that Turkey? He said, TJ. He says curiosity kills a cat. And I, I've hunted with guys ever since, and they're, they're and I hunted with guys that call a lot. I've hunted with guys that don't call a lot, you know. And and I kind of take a mixed bag of those tricks, you know, because I don't like to say, oh, you don't call a lot, you call a lot, and, you know, because I've seen it. You know, there's no right answer. Right. You know what I mean? You, you know, you know, it's not like you know, don't call or call or you know. There, I just I, I think that's crazy. Um, but when that happened and I saw that Turkey die, I was like, God, and I've seen other turkeys that I know guys wouldn't kill because they called to them. And I think John, you know, you're, you're right on it. Like I'm a Turkey caller. I like to hear myself call, but I, in the end, I like to see that. I like to see a dead Turkey. Um, you know, so, so ultimately it's all, it's all situational. But I think you can kill a lot more by being a patient and not you know, like you said, Adam, like everybody goes turkey hunting because they want to hear that turkey gobble. And I love to hear that turkey gobble too, but you gotta remember, like you said, drumming is a turkey noise. That turkey sometimes is is gonna come in just drumming. You know, he may not gobble, he might just drum and he come in. I killed a turkey in Mississippi one year that that gobbled two hundred yards out, three hundred yards out, and then came the whole rest of the way drumming, and I killed him on the drum. You know, it's, it's just, it is so situational. There is no real right or wrong, wrong thing. And, you know, I hate telling guys, do th- do exactly this, do exactly this. You know, I will say to, to most guys that I talk to, call and, and just learn from situations rather than calling too much. Um, If you hit the right gobbler, no matter what you throw at him, he's going to come in right you know what i mean um but but it's you know public land hunters versus private land hunters there's a difference right there you know guys that hunt birds that are pressured all week long you know i mean they got to do things different you know they're they're gonna they're gonna do things differently but you know it's all situational and it's all i guess it's all based upon what you enjoy to do your tactic you know what i mean what you like to do as a hunter if you enjoy like i got a buddy that i hunt with he loves to call he loves to hear turkeys gobble. My buddy, Brett, he kills turkeys. He kills a bunch of turkeys. Um, you know, could he kill more possibly if he didn't call as much? My opinion, yes. But, uh, you know, that's not how he wants to hunt, though. So, you know, I guess it's all what, what you want, what you envision, what you want for yourself. If you like to call, go call. If you don't like to call, don't call. <laughs> I think some guys... You know,
2: and, and even I'm afraid of this and it's like, I, I want to sound perfect, but I've heard birds in the woods that I was like, what the hell was that? And then here comes a hen walking by I'm like, wow, man, that sound I could call better than she can, you know? like,
1: Right. Yeah. And that's it. You know, that, that's why, you know, like I got a hen out in my backyard right now. She's, 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 she's a hen. You know what I mean? Um, they're all different, you know? Um. You know, we can tell each one of our voices right now apart. You know, when you talk, I don't—I've never seen you, John, but I can, I can tell your voice apart from Adams', and you know that—that that gobbler can can tell his girlfriend's voice away from apart from yours, right? You know, you know what I mean when she's yelping, he knows that's her.
0: Um, you know, it's
1: just—it's
0: just you know—it's
1: different. Right. I well, think it, you're right. You know.
0: Well, and you—you you talk about that like that learning experience. Like I've been in, you know a bunch of situations where I've called in hens and to listen to the hens just clucking and purring and whatever. But I think one of the most fun times is I got into a spitting match with this, this hen, I, this giant gobbler that my brother didn't shoot because we didn't grow up turkey hunting. And he thought it was too far for this three and a half inch, 10 gauge at 40 yards. <laughs> yep. And I mean, just the biggest Turkey that I've ever seen and but i from the other way uh i called in this hen that was just spitting and ju- i mean i know if if that translated to english he was saying some bad things to <laughs> me uh um, sure. but i was just mimicking everything that she said you know the all the sounds that she was making i was just making them right back and uh that was a, an extremely good learning experience for me because it was just you know you don't get to hear that like in real life that often at least you know unless you have turkeys in your backyard i guess <laughs> right. yeah that's it
1: i mean that's a point like you pointed out that's a good situational point right there right you were calling to, you were calling to a gobbler and you heard you heard when this hen was cutting you off you're like all right i'm just going to keep giving her right back to her you know next thing you know it's like man she's getting closer i'm going to keep calling to her i mean that's a that's a situational strategy you know you just you just pissed her off and now she's coming to investigate and next thing you know, she's going to drag behind her boyfriend who's going to follow her and you're going to kill him. You know I mean? That's, that's just the way that's, that's situational type stuff. Right. Or, you know, it could work out where, you know, you're going to call and she's going to go the other way because maybe eh, she, she got, she got rain on last night and she's really not in the mood to get in a fight with another hand. Um, you know, so it's, that's, that's a perfect example of being, aware of the situation that's going on with Turkey vocabulary. I I like to listen to the flock that I'm working with, you know, and try to really hone in on what works with that flock. I've noticed, you know, just, just kind of random stuff here with my Turkey out back, my, my gobbler, he's a real grand gobbler and my hen are real grand turkeys. I have noticed no matter what Turkey call that I pull out any slate, box call you name it he'll gobble like a son of a gun at first but then he'll he'll settle down like he he'll he might keep gobbling but what he really gobbles to is uh a really low slate call like um like uh you know i got a i got a lonnie sneed slate call that i use that's just really just just soft and then i have a tube call that i use it's a two inch osage tube call that i jake yelp on he goes anytime you slow it down to a jake cadence like just like really slow not henny like he hammers i mean non-stop hammers so anytime it's like jakey or um like any jake yelping stuff or slow cadence he goes ballistic um and I've and I've seen it work in in the turkey woods. Like my buddy Chris Walls has a tube call, and I was like, Chris, I've never seen a turkey act like that. I mean, don't, those turkeys lost their mind, and uh, that's what it was. It was it was just Jake yelping, and then he's throwing a gobble. And it doesn't need to be perfect. I suck on a tube call, um, but it's just different. It's slower. It's a slower cadence. You know, it's uh, it's it's somewhat Jakey. Uh, but but even my
0: turkey loses his mind on it, <laughs> so,
1: so I always have I always have one of those ones.
0: <laughs> so with that, for guys that are just starting out, like, can you go through like the different types of calls, and especially like with you being a friction guy, like the properties maybe of the different materials, so like crystal or aluminum copper actual slate or 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 whatever like and which would be a good like starter call because some of them i mean like the cheapest one at walmart like for me is like the most difficult call in the world to use like those those crystals or whatever like that's not for me but
1: yeah so i would say that you know i call for so john i call for matt van size so when i got into calling I started making my own mouth calls, but I, I really and truly hearts heart to hearts. I am a friction call guy. Like I love a box. I love anything that you can, you can rub together to make sound. So I was like, I need to, I want to call for somebody. I want to call for the best And Matt Van Suys is the best friction call champion. He's the, he's the number one friction call champion in the in the world. He's, he's the best. He's the goat. Um, so I call for him and, uh, I, you know, he sends me box calls and he sends me friction calls, and and I will say, like like you said, Adam, I think sometimes crystal calls and glass calls are hard for guys. Um, a because the morning moisture will get on there um, on that glass surface or that or that surface, and if you don't have a waterproof star- striker, it's gonna it's gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna run not great for you. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with any type of slate call um i personally prefer a green slate or a red slate and then any type of um i believe aluminum and anodized aluminum uh any any type of aluminum call ceramic is really popular popular right now um those are what i would recommend to guys either a green slate red slate ceramic or any type of anodized aluminum or like uh they call it, I think, rock aluminum um, or basic aluminum call. Okay, I and, don't, I don't think you go wrong with any of those at all.
0: And what is the? I mean, what's the main differences in the materials? I mean, is there a different uh, sound, a different um, like ease of use? Like, what what makes calls different?
1: Yeah, so for me, um, you know, a, a lot of the calls. So I might have so for example, if I'm going to go hunting, I might have let's say I have let's say I have uh, three pot calls that I'm going to bring that day. Okay, so one you know one surface is going to be crystal, one surface is going to be slate, and then one sl- surface might be you know like aluminum or something else. Um, the purpose of those calls so the cri- a crystal call would be you know kind of uh, f- for me I get I get clean I get cleaner yelps out of a crystal call call really really good front ends really good back ends just real clean and I can cut I can cut really well on them so cutting sounds I can do you know on a, on a crystal call um slate call a lot of soft calling like a lot of like just like content you know turkey clucks um soft yelps like comfortable yelps like not like excited yelps but just real soft type of stuff a lot of purrs a lot of you know a lot of beginners will like to just purr on a on a slate call um so you know I, I like slate call for that type of stuff um ceramic same thing i mean it's it's just the sound quality but where i can really change the sound call is in the strikers that i'm using so i might have three different pot calls but i might have six different strikers in the striker the striker woods on them you know i get i get subtle differences in my turkey turkey sound like you know i i might you know one one slate call I could change a striker three times on it and I'm going to get three different heads. Um, You know, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of doing. I I just kind of want to act like a lot of turkeys, you know, or, 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 you know, more than one Turkey, basically. Um, You know, I I personally enjoy walking into a room full of girls rather than just one. Uh, So, so that's kind of what I, I to the portray as like, Hey, you know, there's a, there's a bigger, better party over here um so i wouldn't say i mean it's really more about like you said you you know you like crystal or, or you don't like crystal in uh in glass per se and i would say those are more difficult for the general guy to run i would think most people probably gravitate towards a slate call you know of some sort i think green slate um you know green slate over glass you know copper anything of that nature is just different some things are higher pitch some guys think that you know if i have anodized aluminum or rock aluminum or copper or any type of metal um a lot of guys just like the front end of that call and it's really a like a higher pitch call louder call cuts through the wind more um, i think guys just like that because of the versatility um, I think a lot of guys are going to, like, waterproof strikers because, of, you know, the the whole morning condensation dew type thing is, is a problem for guys. Um, you know, so I, I think more or less the woods of a striker that I use, you know, are uh, are more effective than the call surface itself, I would say.
0: Okay. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, your, your average guy is either going to go to walmart or bass pro and pick up something you know that's that's there and it's going to be based on price or they're going to be you know on social media and somebody says oh this is a good call or um you know they're going to be looking at turkey calls and they're going to be get a targeted ad from somebody that's this is the greatest turkey call ever um yeah but it may not be like i said depending on material or whatever ease of use and when you were talking about the the condensation we'll add into that sweat from having it on there because that was what was happening with the turkeys right above us and john's turkey calls going
1: yeah yeah i get it yeah it's
0: so funny right it happens
1: and that's what happens guys you know and you know with condensation like on a slate call you can take it lighter and burn it, you know, and burn it off. But when you got turkeys above your head, <laughs> it's too late for that. You know what I mean? I can't move. You can't move. So slate call is the way to go. I think you're always going to get some sort of surface, you know, ceramic. Um, but you're right. Anything that you can get, you know, most guys are going to go one and grab one, and that's fine. It's 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 going to kill turkeys. Get yourself maybe a couple different strikers, a waterproof striker um and maybe some other type of wood striker that goes on there, like a you know, the two piece diamond wood that goes with it or something like that and, and, and that should be more than plenty.
0: And so you're you were talking about like pre YouTube, you were looking at books and stuff. Um and you know like it it's funny. I was talking about like through our Patreon and our Marco Polo group, you know, there's guys on there that are calling turkeys and calling elk and stuff like that. And I said, you know, back in the day, like my father in law They'd be on the landline calling back and forth with, listen to this call, back and forth, back and forth, and audio tapes and of, I mean, John, even, I think you had some, right? Oh,
2: yeah, I had cassette tapes. and. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, yeah. That's,
1: that's...
2: I, I drove all the guys I worked with nuts. I worked a third shift in a chemical plant, and I drove a Hilo, and, oh, man, that's all I do all night long is just sit there and sit on my Hilo and just just with my, awesome. with my diaphragm <laughs> calls are like God when when's turkey season over I'm like should be even <laughs> <Yeah>. close yet <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's December
0: <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny but as far as books and stuff I mean I, I, the, the only thing that always pops up is the the what is it 10th Legion book yep. um, that one And, and so like, what are, I mean, that, that seems like that's the, that's the go-to resource. Um, so I got to say that you're familiar with it. What, I mean, is it like the Holy grail of turkey hunting or what's, what's the story?
1: You know what, to be honest, I, I, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm in my man cave right now and I'm looking at,
0: you know, some of the books that I,
1: that I cut my teeth with, um. Some of them I hunted I was I was actually a, able to hunt with this uh guy, Glenn Sapier and uh Bill uh Bill McAllister from, from New York. But I but I re- he gave me a book. It's called Secrets of Turkey Prose. Um but you know that was kinda when I already got started. I hunted with him and he gave me the book. Really the books that got me going are just the wild turkey, it's a complete it's a complete hunter. Um, and then there's a, the advanced wild Turkey. And I think i probably read those books probably 30 times each. I mean, at the, at that point in the game and then, you know, tur- Turkey hunting and Turkey call magazine was like the Holy grail that came out like once a month for a year. And I'd like, like read that magazine, you know, front front and cover and just, you know, uh, just that way. And, and, uh, you know, so those books especially the turkey hunter book um i don't know it's just the wild turkey hunter it's a hardcover book i have it right here it just has a big picture of a Mariam's. it says um expert advance locating and calling big birds and big gobblers um that's that's ultimately what i did and just watch every i had hundreds of hunting videos like primos hunting videos and just old school you know every every series and every season that you could have, I had it, um, you know, and just watched them just, just over and over again, you know I mean? It's, and that's all I watch on YouTube now is, you know, Pin project and, you know, hunting public and just all sorts of stuff just to, just to stay in the game. And just like, you know, Hey, I want to know what he did, you know, because like I said, I think hunting is a big part of how I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit from everybody that I am and I'm going to become who I want to be. Um, You know, so that's, it's just, that's, you know, ultimately, and then, and then failure. Nobody, there's nobody, like, I think John said, nobody was turkey hunting, you know, nobody, you know, within the last 10 years, it's really exploded, you know, but you go back 20 years ago, I mean, or even 15, it was still, you know, like, you turkey hunt, like, you're fall turkey hunting, like, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're deer hunting, what are you doing fall turkey hunting? Um, so, but the last 10 years, it's really just exploded. Um, I would, I would say would be a really good word for turkey hunters. Um, but I would say 15 years ago, I mean, there was not a ton of turkey hunters. You know, there was a handful of guys, turkey hunting. Um, and then there was even a smaller portion of guys being really successful in killing turkeys all the time.
0: So is there a, a, a place that you would point, uh, people that wanted to like get better or that you know that there's no um, replacement for experience, right? So, yeah, but correct. if you but if you're trying to do it, you know, one state, uh, you know, on the weekends or or whatever, like that's why I was asking about the books and stuff like that. Are are the books uh, that much more beneficial, say, than to just watching it on YouTube or? Um, do they each have their place or would you say that now in this day and age, you could get everything from YouTube that you could read in the books at, at that time? Yeah, I think there's so much, so many good stuff on YouTube right now
1: that, you know, those books are kind of like, you know, ancient resources, right? Like, you know, the hunting public has phenomenal stuff on You know youtube and just resources and you know you gotta remember there's there's a time like you know also too like you know john pointed this out like you know people are just in flux everywhere like i'm part of the nwtf and i you know i take people hunting um you know i'm all about introducing the youth to hunting and you know being being a proactive you know hunter and then it's like but wait a minute now my hunting spots have all the people i took in it and now there's just people everywhere so it's like, uh, but I think there's just so much good information on YouTube. Like I said, this guy called, he just sent me a message the other day. Hey, this is the Saratoga Strutters on WTF. My name is so and so. I'm looking to get into turkey hunting. Can can you help me out? Or someone mentor me. I called the guy up and uh he, he referred, he referred to videos, he referred to you know, the hunting public, you refer to things on YouTube, you know, I, I can only, you know, reference what I seen on YouTube and, and I'll be honest, what he was saying was like, holy shit, dude, like you're spot on, man. Like, you know, but you know, when he, some, some of it's kind of far fetched because he's hunting New York and he's like, you know, I noticed like Turkey habitat is, you know, primarily around like, uh, you know, farm fields and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, the public land that you're going to hunt, is not going to have any fields on it like you're going to be in big woods you know what I mean so you got to you got to know what you're looking for you know if you're going to get some private land um but area right around you know where we live in New York most private land or public land that you hunt is is going to be big woods you know 3000 acres no fields on it <laughs> you know i mean so when you're looking for that type of habitat on a public land around me Uh, that's probably not gonna, you know, that not gonna happen. So then he took that stuff he learned and he's, and he's applying it. You know, I said, go visit that book, go visit that piece, drive there, you know, see if there's any turkeys think about what you, you, you learned on that video and, and put it to use, you know, and, and one of the first things he said, he goes, oh, you know, they said there was going to be a lot of habitat, you know, and turkeys are going to hang around a lot of habitat, but I didn't see any really habitat, you know, but. You know, he, he might've neglected to see the screen that was running, you know, a mile and a half back, you know, or the hard, the hard ridge knob that was back there, you know, or the, you know, the giant old collar that was back in there, you know, because he was looking for fields, you know, I want fields and I want to be able to see turkeys and you know, what do you mean? You you can't, you can hunt turkeys and, you know, you don't have to see them. You know, those are things that you just got to, that's, that's where the experience comes in, right?
0: Sure, sure. And so on that experience thing. So you had mentioned earlier, what was it? The uh the super slam is that what you're you're chasing right now?
1: Yeah. So I, I did. I've hunted the. I've hunted now. Remember, please. I am a school teacher. I am a working individual. I got a job Monday through Friday, and I get five personal days throughout the year. So I, I started the grand slam. I finished my grand slam. I really am interested in in the royal slam which is getting a goals turkey so a grand slam is the eastern the osceola the rio and the merriam's in the united states to travel to get the royal slam you have to go to either mexico or draw a tag for the um for the mountains in southern arizona for a goulds um really expensive don't really have interest at this time in my life to do that just because of price um and then to shoot the world slam you have to go to mexico to shoot the oscillated um again i just don't have the time or the means to do that right now so that's going to be on the back burner We'll hope so i started this quest of this u.s super slam which is a, t- a state you know kill a turkey in every state of the u.s um so 40 49 states because alaska does not have turkeys um and i I've, I've started off on fire I was traveling, driving through the night, trying to get through things on the weekends, you know, getting out of work on a Friday, driving to where I need to be, being back on like, you know, taking a Monday off and doing like three or four long weekends throughout turkey season. Um, I got to 26 states or 25 states completed. And uh, my son was, my son was born, my my firstborn, Chase. He is now eight. Um, I am currently at 27 states completed now. And since he's eight, and he's a turkey hunter, and he wants to kill turkeys, he's already killed ten turkeys. He's eight years old. Um, it's just turn, man. It's it's all about him now. So now my passion is, you know, I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put that on hold a little bit. My quest for the Super Slam because it's really enjoyable to see my kid shoot a turkey, um, and he he's just tore up with it. I mean, we're leaving to go to Kansas and South Dakota on spring break next week. So we're taking off Easter Easter night and we're hunting uh we're hunting Kansas U season uh for two days and then we're going up and hunting the uh Lakota Indian Reservation in South Dakota and Kyle and uh hopefully he'll be able to shoot his first Merriams and his first Rio uh this year. But uh it's just awesome. And and then we're coming to Michigan late late season. We're gonna we're gonna hit up a Michigan on March twenty or May twenty second. So we're gonna we're gonna get out that way, and I'm gonna bring them. So my, my my turkey killing's really coming to a a slow stop, but his is his is catching fire. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, so the super slam, you know, I mean, I, I I'd like to complete by the time I'm 55, but you know, with with him around, I just I, I don't think it's possible right 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 to this point in my life. So we'll keep knocking it out and going from there. Like Michigan this year will be a new state. So my new states this year are going to be Michigan. I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to kill a New Jersey. I'm going to try to finish up Massachusetts and possibly a Pennsylvania. So those would be four new ones, which will get me, you know, to, we'll break the thirty mark this year, which will be which will be huge. I will have you know like nineteen left, and you know that that starts to be manageable.
0: Sure, sure. So on those, like, I mean, I I can't even imagine how many turkeys you've killed to even have killed them them in that many states already um but let's talk about like one memorable hunt or like like maybe a tough bird to kill or one that you're the most proud of or something like that um have you got a a a story for us on, on on something like that
1: i i'll have two stories for you
0: so mississippi
1: is it was probably I hunted with my buddy Joseph Deer down there, uh, who's a who's a big turkey hunter, Grand Slam, World Slam. You know, he shot he shot them all. Um, we hunted, you know, some some state forest land down there, bordered some state forest land. And the first year I went down there, I struck out. I had a bird come come in first day, first hour, like midday, around one o'clock. A bird came in. About fifty-five, sixty yards, and it was like just TSS just started to come to life. But I wasn't—I hadn't shot it. It was in my gun. It was loaded in my in my Mossberg nine thirty-five, and I let this bird pass because I was like, first day, I'm not going to shoot a bird at fifty-five yards, sixty yards, first day. So I let him pass, and nothing. I I had two more days to hunt, and I did not kill a dang turkey. So I had to go back there. And that second year, I went back. Um it was just fire. We, we, I killed, you know, I was there for three days. I killed two turkeys and I watched my buddy Joe kill a turkey. Um, and and that was just, it was just awesome. I mean, there are places it's tough. You can't control things like weather. Um, those are places that you, that you have to go back, you know, some successful stuff, like just to stay with it, right? Like life, real life experiences, stay with it until, you know, the, the fat lady sings, they say, right? Like, there are some moments where I was hunting Illinois, um, Iowa, and Missouri in four days we had to do it. So I we did Illinois, banged out Illinois, my buddy and I, first morning, boom, Illinois is done. Moving on to Missouri uh moving on to Iowa. Spent two days in Iowa, killed a turkey in Iowa. We had we had uh, we had one day left and moving on to Missouri. So, got to Missouri. um, Hunted. I think it was a five day trip. I think I had two days in Missouri. Day number one struck out. Nothing really going on. Day number two, it was like the morning hunt. Nothing was really going. And then, like, I guess there was a big, big rainstorm came through. And my buddy and I went to breakfast. I'm like, man, this has just been an awesome trip. We killed you know, bunch of turkeys in a couple days. And I've, I've knocked out two out of two out of the three States. So we're just for shits and giggles. He's like, let's go try some state, you know, let's just go try some state land right around the corner here. And I'm like, Joe, so we see this giant gobbler across the road in front of us. I mean, giant gobbler. And it was on private, private property. And I said, god man it's on private property now hunting season missouri ends at one o'clock and it's it's like 12 o'clock it's it's noon and i we got an hour left and that's it game over for for that you know for for that turkey tour and isn't this right across the street from where this gobbler's pulling out on this farm back road isn't there an f-350 pulling down the driveway well, this little pretty little thing, she had to be in her 20s. She comes down the driveway and stops, and I went up to the, co- I went up to the truck, and I said, ma'am, I said, you wouldn't happen to know who owns this property, would you? I said, I, you know, I'm from New York. I'm a turkey hunter um, trying to shoot, you know, my super slam, and I have literally one hour left in Missouri, and I'll, I'm kind of done. She goes, well, that land right there is my daddy's land. I said, oh, God. I said, is your, she goes, my daddy's home you can go right up to the house and ask to talk to him so i went up there and he was the nicest man he goes i tell you what he goes you got an hour to kill that turkey and then the season's over and you got to go home anyways he goes what the hell he goes try it for an hour so what there was a drainage ditch that like kind of was like carved out and i ran down the drainage ditch to try to get in and doesn't this gobbler isn't he coming Along, there's a pinch point between the drainage ditch and a and This gobbler's just, just funneling here by the grace of God, and I end up shooting him. It was like 12:30 when I killed him, and I went back up there. And it was just, it was just one of those things where you know you think you're out of the game, and then it's just like man, your luck just changes in the last second, you know. So never, never, never think you're out of the game. You know, I had a buddy just text me in Florida. He's like, dude, it's crickets. There's nothing down here. I'm like, man, just stay after it. I said, you got a day left. Just, just, just hunt hard. He sends me a picture today of a dead gobbler. (laughs) You know, it's just those things. Just, you know, you you can never give up. You know, it's just like life, right? I mean, just, just stay with it till the end and, and good things will happen.
0: (laughs) John's chuckling. You got to be thinking about your trip out West this year. (laughs) (laughs) Would you have a deer
1: trip on there?
2: Oh man. I had a three week. I was out in Montana for three weeks chasing antelope, elk, and mule deer. So I only came home with a mule deer. So yeah, it was it was a lot cool. of fun, but it was tough. Should have killed a big elk and just didn't
0: capitalize on it. But I had the same yeah. thing with the with the farmer on the land, John. Oh yeah, got all this crap laid out, and the- yeah,
2: I've, <laughs> I had, it was the very first day I got out, and I was I was in eastern Montana and. I just picked a spot on the map, like BLM, and I chased these freaking... Ended up finding some, whole herd of them, and had a shot. It just didn't work out, and it was... I got back to the truck, and it was like, shit. Almost eight hours after I'd left, no water, nothing in the heat, and I was pretty much just (laughs) like... I was laying next to my truck in my chair, like sprawled out with just my... I had... No shirt on. My pants were pulled all the way up. They look like you know some hillbilly shorts. And here comes this dude in the truck, and he, he, we wave, you know, at each other. And he goes over the cattle grade onto the private, and he backs up. Well, there was a herd of antelope right there, and he backs up. And he's like, "Hey, you hunting antelope?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "Well, I own this section and this one right here. You can kill all you want, fill your tags." Oh. I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> just awesome dude you know uh, just yeah you know. but i was wiped out at that point i ended up chasing him that afternoon but then i had to head head west to hook up with my
1: buddy for the elk but that's yeah. awesome but yeah
2: cool nice people
1: it's funny how things work out and you know that's the best part about doing that is you, you get to meet you truly get to meet you know i mean just through this i met you two guys you know through, through turkey hunting right. you know what i mean like it's like I have met some of the, the best people on that walk this planet through through doing what I love to do, and it's just it's awesome, man. I mean, it's, it's just just a great experience, you know. People like you said in Montana that just you know willing to give you, hey, there, you know, just go, just go, do whatever you want. There's a bunch of him over there, right? You know, <laughs> okay. he's it's like just... you even
2: go up by the house. He's like up by my house up there to the creek. They love to hang out up there too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but uh. So one question That's I always crazy. ask is what, what's your uh, bow setup, but
1: do you bow hunt turkeys also, or just gun? So I do, I, <laughs> so I traveled one time, John, to bow hunt turkeys. <laughs> I went to Kansas where I'm bringing my son this year. And actually it's funny cause you asked me cause I'm going back with a crossbow this year. Uh, but I do, but I do bow hunt turkeys now and, as the first time I ever traveled because I thought I wanted to shoot my grand slam with a bow. And, um, I had plenty of opportunities. I had no idea what went on, but I missed four or five shots with my bow. at turkeys that were literally 10 yards, 15 yards. I mean, just, just give me shots, but I'm out in the middle. I forgot my 10 stakes, the wind's blowing my, t- you know, my, my blind's rocking back and forth, so I'm spread eagle in the middle of the blind. You can only imagine what it looks like. I'm trying to hold the ground blind down, draw my bow, and I'm slinging arrows at the turkey, and this thing's just standing there. I'm like, oh, my God. But I, but I enjoy it. But I'll be honest, I do not like them to flop. I don't like them to run away. I get I get freaked out. So I'm not like a giant bow hunter. Um, my preferred setup right now at this current time is is – is the um the, like the uh you know the turkey uh turkey guillotine setup yep um i really enjoy i enjoy that i've shot a bunch of turkeys with a bow um in the fall i enjoy hunting you know fall turkeys with a bow um i shot a cool bearded hen on tape once with a bow and arrow but i have a bow equalizer uh that i shoot and uh, i just i just shoot the uh what is it the two inch Rage hypodermics or you know whatever uh, at turkeys and you know have success, but I, I prefer gun, man. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, to you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like to watch them go away. Right, it gives me really bad anxiety. <laughs> but
0: well, so yeah, cool, deal. fun stuff, man. I suck at but, it. I, I've I've <laughs> I, I've blown so many chances at turkeys with the bow. That but, but he's
2: blown so many chances <laughs> at turkeys with a bow that now he's going to go after him with a
0: trad bow. Because <laughs> uh,
1: I thought that's what you said you were going to go after him with a, some sort of bow this spring or something, right? Oh,
0: yeah. So, we've been how long have we been just strictly bow hunting turkeys? Like four years, it's been like four or five. Well, it's got to be five years, I think, because it was before we even started the podcast when I yeah. shot the one without telling you, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I I think I've shot at five or six turkeys now, and uh, I've I've yet to to bring one home. Um, and what like the one was like five yards. <laughs> Smoked like, the decoy. Really? Shot the decoy. <laughs> um, Freaking 10 now ring the decoy.
1: Steve, I have a buddy Steve Brown from Mississippi. This man is just he is that's all he does is kill turkeys with, with a bow. And I believe last year. He killed his hundred and thirtieth turkey with a recurve. Holy, yeah! This guy is an assassin, and uh, I just saw the other day on well today on Facebook my buddy Sandy Brady from uh, uh, North Carolina. There, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him or not, um, but he hunts turkeys with a slingbow, and he just killed um, he killed his second Osceola with a slingbow. And I was like, man, that is cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. I- I just figure and I've been shooting the the longbow really well. Um n- not to say that I wasn't shooting my regular bow very well, so I don't know what <laughs> what that even matters. Just 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 that I can hit what I'm aiming at with it. But it's like if I'm going to screw it up, I might as well screw it up big time. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 going to be uh super fun and and, and interesting anyway. Cuz the thing is freaking 62 inches long, so just trying to tote it around oh. not but we gotta
1: have a tall ground liner. Right We're gonna there, have right to have right.
0: a teepee for this one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you gotta go old school. for that. Either. Oh man! We'll
2: just cut the top out of our tent.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you like the That was me last year.
1: That's awesome, man. I think
2: Adam put a video. I was we after we had set up on that that uh bird up in the roost. I was like screw this let's move so I jumped in the well I just stayed in the tent and of course it was the COVID so I hadn't been sitting outside anyway and I just grabbed it and started you know sneaking <laughs> through and I'm looking out
0: and all you can see is my feet
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we we have a lot of fun but you know yeah, we don't take ourselves about, too man, seriously I
1: mean, no no you you can't do that you know that's uh that's that's part of the fun too is uh you know being able to turkey hunt with people and you know, I always have someone with me. I very rarely like before school I sneak in I'll, like when I want to kill a turkey i'll I'll kill my turkeys before school, and then I'll jump right there. But most of the time on weekends, I'm taking people or taking kids or just you know it's just fun to hunt with people. It's you know like you said it's the, it's that fun part you know that guy Todd I don't know you talked to Todd there about deer you no know, deer hunting a little bit. I took him on an awesome Adirondack turkey hunt last spring that was just insane. Um, and we got ahead and fired up too, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's just good going with people and meeting people.
0: So like, I know you said you didn't want to do like a whole lot of self-promotion or anything, but like, where can people follow along or if they want to check out your calls or anything? Um, you know, what, where can people like check out your stuff?
1: Yeah, you can check, uh, check out my stuff, you know, Facebook, you can follow me, TJ Jordan, um, dirt nap calls on uh you know i have a i have a website dirt nap turkey calls um that that, you know i i have a it's like a turkey call website um and that that's probably you know the best the best place to get a hold of me and uh you know feel free to contact me about any turkey information you may have or however i can assist you
0: (laughs) and so uh I guess for your calls, like, do you have like for mouth calls and stuff, would you recommend, do you have like a beginner mouth call or, or anything where you would, you would point guys who you know, wanted to support yeah, you, I, you and Yeah, I, I don't say, know how to you know, call culture. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. It's a really complicated process and that's probably a whole nother podcast to be honest. But, uh, um, you know, the, the gist of it is, is, Guys who who want to learn to call a mouth call, they really need to spend some time in front of the mirror and figure out where they call out of their mouth. Do they blow out of the center, do they blow out of the left, or do they blow, blow out of the right? So naturally, when you start to huff, you know, air out of your diaphragm to call a turkey, you know, your tongue or your mouth is going to want to gravitate to one side or the other. So you're either going to be a center, you know, a center mass blower right out of the center of your mouth, or you're going to blow left or you're going to blow right. When you figure that out, those are the calls that I'd want to target at that point. um I do make a call that's it's called the Phenom. Um, that is what, probably one of my number one selling calls. You know, it's a it's a four thousand three read over you know a three thousandths over a piece of proof. So it's just under you know it's just under ten thousandths total thickness, which is it's pr- pretty pretty thin to be honest with you, and it's not stretched terribly tight. Um, so so it, my my I guess my feedback on it is it's really easy blowing, you know, guys can purr on it, guys can cut on it, guys can yelp on it. Um, They get loud, they get soft. That's probably one of my, one of my, uh, one of my, one of my fan favorites. Um, The other one is a serpentine uh, that I sell. It's a three thousands over two pieces of probe. So it's very, you know, it kind of looks like a snake tongue kind of in the center. Um, It's more meant for, you know, kinda like guys that aren't sure where they blow out of, but a guy just wants to blow a good turkey call because it's caught left and right. Um in that and that that phenon that first one I talked about is more of a you know center mass, you know, right over the center of the call because it's a split V basically. It's a modified split V. So it's a V with a with a corners cut off of it. Um Yeah, so I mean it, it's good stuff, but you know, I, I can you know, you can look at anything on my website where I can custom make anything. You know, I had a guy show up to that today at the house and I made him a, a three read ghost cut out of pro, all prophylactic. You know, I don't sell it, but you know, he wanted to try something different and you know, I spent some time with him and, and we just figured that's kind of what he's going to blow the best. So, you know, I can custom make stuff or, you know, just the easiest way, shoot me a message and we can talk about what would, what would work the best for you.
0: Well, awesome, man. I appreciate it. And it's a great conversation. And, um, like I said, I think it's going to help people like kind of getting started on like, basically, you know, I guess to build their confidence and to say, you don't need to be, you don't need to be great. You know, <laughs> you just need to get out. Yeah. There and, and I do think,
1: it. I think you're right. I mean, I think there is a lot of confidence, you know, you know, you kind of touched on that. Like there's, there's a side, like how close do I get? How close do I not get? Like, you know, there's times where I'm like, man, I'm getting, you know, guys freak out when I tell them, like, like, you know, I think John said you you roosted some turkeys and, you know, you you didn't know where they are. Now field birds, if I roost a turkey and a field bird, like because I've seen it and I've done it, I'll literally take that ground blind. If there's a bird on the edge of the woods in the field and I watched him fly up the night before and I know where he went to and I think he's going to pitch down, you know, I'll I'll put a ground blind in the center of the field the morning before, I'll pop it up there, and I'll be looking at that turkey and roost, you know. And, and when I tell that to guys, most guys are deer hunters, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait a minute here! You popped a ground blind up in the morning, <laughs> and this turkey's gonna this turkey's gonna see this ground blind in the field. He's gonna come down to it, you know. Like when I'm taking my son, you know, youth hunting, because sometimes he's so young, we need a ground blind, you know, field situations around here. Uh, but they're like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you literally put a ground blind in front of that turkey, looking at that turkey in the woods about, a, you know, about 50 to a 75 yards off that, you know, maybe 100, off that wood line. You, don't want them, you know, I don't want him to ever fly over my ground blind. Um, and then it comes into, like, you know, I was remember hunting a <laughs> distinct time I was hunting in Pennsylvania with my buddy, Job, and uh, we were hunting during youth season. So he had his nephew, Seth, with, with him, and I had my son, Chase. And we watched these turkeys fly up the night before. They were on the side of a mountain road, literally roosting above the road. And we got looking at this apple orchard field that that went up to the mountain. I mean, it's big, giant, you know, probably probably th- three hundred acre field that was just huge. So I got looking at the contours. It's almost like looking at a landing strip at an airport. I'm like, Joe, these turkeys are above us. They're gonna pitch out of here and they're gonna land right here. So we set a ground line up. Right there, and this turkey pitches down and comes out of the tree and lands boom right next to the ground blind. My son shoots that one at eight yards, and, we, and mind you, we set it up that morning. My son shoots that one at eight yards, and another one pitches down and comes right to the decoy, and, and we end up doubling that morning with youth. And uh I, I guess just be confident and try things that, like you said, like what's too close? You know what I mean? Right. You know, and and if it's close enough and you booger them, so what? There's other turkeys. You know, I mean you figure it out you can get close, but you know, those are, those are confidence things that I guess when I tell that story to guys that you can set a ground blind up and, and look at a Turkey in a field, they're just, they look at me like I, I'm like, I've never done it and you're crazy. It's just not, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I've learned that, but uh, I've done that kill turkeys, but
2: that's what I was going to say so. right there. That's learning experience. When you, even if you screw it up, you learn something, you know?
1: Yeah. That's it, that's, I mean,
2: it's knowledge that you're gonna put in the bank for later, yeah, that's it,
1: you know and and, and guys are like, oh, yeah, just try it man one time, put that ground blind, you got to get in there early, you know if you're not set up before, you know I, you, you guys are about the same latitude as we are, so it gets you know it gets sun up is you know we start killing turkeys in late spring at 5.15. you know as legal as legal killing time um so you know you got to be there and set up by four o'clock i mean if you're any later and that ground line is not set up by four o'clock like you said when those turkeys went under you you know you weren't expecting those turkeys to be above you And now if you were going to sit there right underneath them those turkeys more than likely heard you oh yeah you know walking around because you weren't expecting them to be right above your head now if you were going to go if you were new if you knew they were in those trees and you went in there an hour earlier and you sat down those turkeys probably would have flew down you would have killed them you know what i mean but just because you walked in, you know, in there, and they knew something wasn't right, and it was probably, you know, not too far between that, you know, that magic hour there. Then, you know, that, you know, those, that's all, that's all learned experience stuff. But I, I've sat right under turkeys that, you know, just getting in early because I know they're there. I know, you know, Dave Owens does it. You know, he do, he likes to be off them, but, um, guys, just I don't think they know how close you can get, and I think guys would be if i took a video of how close is close they'd be like holy shit this is close <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so well cool fellas I, I truly appreciate it it's uh it's been fun and um hopefully somebody learned something from it
0: oh yeah for sure um and like i said i just appreciate it and we'll just we'll have to we'll have to catch up after after our season or when you come to michigan uh definitely get a hold of me and we'll See if you can't, you know, make the most of your time. We'll tell you where there's some birds that are, you know, unkillable birds. We'll, we'll give you <laughs> That's a it. Challenge. That's, a,
1: that's <laughs> what we like.
0: <laughs> so, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it, fellas. You guys, uh,
0: you guys have a good one. Yep. You too. Bye.